Shomalechem Rabotai, Rabbi Kovacs, we are continuing in Demai, in the last chapter, the seventh parak with Mishnah base. Yesterday, when we started uh, Parak Zion, we talked about being invited to the home of an Ama Aretz and a stipulation that could be made prior to Shabbat. He's going, you know, for Shabbat, and there is a stipulation to be made that what he's going to leave aside on his plate could be cut, be separated for the Miser, and then the Trumat Miser. And then the, the Meiser Sheni could be redeemed and he'd be able to eat and leave over a little bit. And now in Mishnah Beit, we're talking about Mazgu Lo Etakos, when he poured the wine. So now it's during Shabbat, it's at the meal himself. The Chavar is by the Ama'aretz. And he's giving a stipulation about the tithes in the cup of wine. A cup of wine works a little differently because you can't just leave over a little food on the plate because the wine is all mixed together, being a liquid. Uh, and the Omer, and he says, the Mepharshim say he, he should whisper, he shouldn't say this out loud as an announcement. And perhaps it's a words of wisdom to us if we go somewhere and we're not uh, going to eat a certain item, you know, uh, all some sort of uh, chumrah we have or some sort of issue with the host, wherever we are, you're not going to announce that in front of everybody that, oh, I, I, don't, I don't know how well this guy checks his vegetables. I'm not going to eat the vegetables. A person would not say that. So the Mepharshim say he's whispering, the Chavar is whispering to himself this formulation, which is quite similar to yesterday's Mishnah, but applied to wine. He says, He says, The tiny amount I'm going to leave in the very bottom of the cup. That's the start of the Miser. The rest of the Miser is right next to it at the bottom. This first little bit that I made Miser, it's going to be 1% of the cup. A sui truma at miser alav. That's going to be the truma on the rest of the miser. Remember, by Zemai, we're worried about the truma at miser. We know the Amarat separate truma. It's the truma at miser and the other miser we're worried about. But uh, the miser Rishon, he could drink. And the miser Shani, we're going to see he could, he could redeem. Uh, as the mission continues, miser Shani, Bafiv, he says the miser Shani is in the mouth, the mouth of the cup. He's going to be able to drink it, and he redeems that Meiser Sheni onto some money that he has back at home. Now, he's not actually touching the money. It's Shabbos, but some fraction of a silver coin he has back at home can soak up the Kedusha of the Meiser Sheni, which normally would be taken to Yerushalayim. So then eventually this Chavar is going to take that silver coin he has back in the house to Yerushalayim, when it's not Shabbos, of course, and buy food and eat it with the Kedusha of Meiser Sheni. So this whispered... Uh, magic formula here allows him to separate out the trumas meiser and leave it in the bottom of the cup so he's not over the iser of drinking trumas meiser. He, he uses this combined with yesterday's Mishnah where he stipulates before Shabbos that when he gets to the Amaretz on Shabbos, because remember we can't separate the tithes on Shabbat itself, but he's giving this advanced stipulation which was allowed to fix up Demai, which was a Dirabanan obligation, it was a Takana, so they allowed him to make this stipulation before Shabbat that he's just going to leave over a corner, he's going to leave over the, the little bit of wine in the dregs of the Trumas Meiser to allow him to not consume Trumas Meiser when he's by the Amaretz. Good, Mishnah Gimel. Shifting tack again, a worker who's working for an Amaretz. He's not sure the Amaretz has separated tithes. And he takes one dried figs. Now what's going on here is these dried figs, they've already been harvested. They've already been, um, their malacha is done. There's gemar malacha. So they're chayev in truma and meiser. 
We know that Amaretz did take truma, so now he's pressing these figs, or he's doing something with these figs that are a finished product, so they're chayev and meiser. So he picks up, the worker, wants to fix up these figs so he can eat them. So why is he eating them? Well, because it's a pasuk in Devarim Perik uh, twenty-five, pasuk four, lo tachsum Do not muzzle the ox during the threshing. And we learn out from here. In Bava Metziah, we talk about this. There's a whole parakasokhar sapolim about when you hire workers, you have to feed them. This is a Torah obligation if people are working with food. If you hire somebody to work with food, depending, you know, it's Gedule Karka. We talk about this in the Gemara. Uh, you have to feed them. You can't have them working with food and they're not allowed to eat any of it, so you give them their lunch. You know, if, if, you, if they can't eat what's being offered, then the. Uh, the the balabayas who's hired them has to provide them with lunch. So you can't muzzle your ox during the threshing. So this man's allowed to eat from some of these growth, from some of these dried figs. So to, to tithe them, he picks up one fig. This one fig and the nine next figs, these are the miser on the 90 more figs that I'm going to eat today while I'm working. Zo and this one, this first fig, this one fig is the trumas meiser on the next nine figs, which are the meiser rishon, and that's going to be the uh, the meiser, those ten figs together, the meiser for the rest. Meiser sheni bechrona. The meiser sheni is the last ten figs he's going to eat. And he has a silver coin at home to be machalo the kedusha, soak up the kedusha of the meiser sheni. Then I'll bring the coin to your shalim. And he leaves over one fig. So he eats ninety nine figs and leaves over that one, that one Trumas Meiser fig that he designated first. So that comes out the Trumas Meiser, but then he's going to go give that to a Kohen to fulfill the obligation of giving the Trumas Meiser. This is an amazing concept. He says he shouldn't leave over a fig, rather he should buy one extra fig from his employer. You know, you go to the uh, the company uh, canteen, the company lunchroom, and buy an extra fig. And that extra fig he's going to give to a Cohen as a Trumas Meister, but he should eat all 100 figs. Why? The partner explains. He's not going to be as strong and have as much energy if he doesn't eat the proper amount of his lunch. You know, the 90 figs, is, it's Lamashal. He eats what he needs to do the work. This is his energy supply during the day. So if he doesn't eat what he needs to perform the work, he's not performing enough work that he's been hired to do. And this is a claw gadol in employment law. Employment halacha today is you can't take extra breaks at the expense of the employer. You can't be uh, you know, distracted by other things on the phone, etc., while you're being paid by the hour. Now, there are certain customary tolerances for being off task, that's the, the official jargon. There's, you know, the minag is people aren't fully engaged all the time. But to go sort of, to take extra, it's stealing from the balabais who's paying you by the hour if you're going above and beyond the normal breaks and the normal lunch break and the normal expectations of productivity. So that's part of this is eating enough to actually do the manual labor that was required of him. He doesn't have to go get an extra fig Rather, there's 100 figs in total, and he's taking one home to give to a Kohen. Because it's a condition stipulated by the court. The same Bezdin that's enacting Demai says, listen, when there's a Demai issue by an employer, the worker is allowed to take that one home. And that's, you know, that's that one fig 
comes off the ledger of the employer. And this is where they get the famous expression, he doesn't even give a fig. So apparently he had to give the fig. It was its nigh best and to be continued tomorrow.